Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Fired Up, the hottest sports show in Central Ohio. The show where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. Our topics for this evening are what a comeback by the Buckeyes, recapping the college football playoff semifinals and the New Year's Day bowl games. The Cleveland Cavaliers trade for a point guard. The Las Vegas Aces get a new head coach. The final week of the NFL regular season is here. Who will take the final spots in the playoffs? And the rematch in the college football national championship. Who will come out on top? With that, I give you our chief of our fire brigade, Rob Cal. Thanks, Colton. Good to be here on Matt's basement, our studio on a Wednesday night in Delaware, Ohio. Uh, welcome everybody that's listening. Uh, like Colton said, we're going to recap the uh, New Year's Day games, the five games that were we had that we talked about last week. Just go through a quick rundown. The first one I want to start with was the, is the Outback Bowl. Arkansas Razorbacks beat Penn State twenty-four to ten. Matt, give me what you got on that game. Yeah, this was uh, not a very entertaining game here. Arkansas really took it in large part because of their their ground game. They put up three hundred sixty-one yards in the ground, three rushing touchdowns. Penn State's defense just wasn't up to par of this game. They're, they couldn't stop the run, and it really cost them here. Yeah, that, that surprised me. Uh, Arkansas averaged over six yards of carry on the ground against a, you know, normally stout Penn State defense, what they're known for. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on, on the flip side, uh, Penn State could never establish a ground game. Their mm-hmm. leading rusher was their quarterback at mm-hmm. 42 yards. So. Right, right. Colton, you want to jump in here? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, for me, I think the big key was, you know, just a lot of players out for, for Penn State, mm-hmm. especially on that defensive side of the ball. And I think that's where, it you showed. know, that, that run, you know, run kind of gashing that, that Arkansas had. And not not only just the running backs, but, but the quarterback himself had over 100 yards rushing as well, only only 98 passing yards. So yeah. they, they really, you know, were, were kind of a one-dimensional team, but, but Penn State really couldn't couldn't figure it out. Run it until they stop it. Right. And, and, and Penn State never could. But, you know, hat, hats off to the Razorbacks. This has been an outstanding season for them. You know, obviously they, they would have liked to get a, a couple more wins against some some bigger teams that they, that they played. But, you know, prior to this season, Arkansas had four consecutive seasons where they won four games or less. Wow. And, and, and so they come in and they, you know, win, win, you know, big game, get a bowl win, you know, we're, we're, we're pretty competitive uh, in, in a tough SEC conference. And, you know, like I said, it hope, you know, would, you know, hopefully they can kind of build on this and use this, you know, as momentum going, going forward. Um, but yeah, just want to congratulate them on a, on a great, yeah. a great season. Absolutely. So. I hate to see it come against a big 10 school, but <clears throat> right. you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Good to see them back in the thick of things. Cause they, they have always been a, they've been a traditional decent, you know, decent de- team, better team. Yeah, so it's right. good to see them back in the thick of things. <clears throat> All right. Next on the slate, we got the citrus bowl, which was Kentucky against Iowa, a, a real close game here. Um, I think, to me, that the factor, you know, their stats, overall stats on both sides of the ball were pretty similar. But I think one glaring stat that does stick out is um, Ohio, Iowa threw three picks. So, um, you know, and lost 20 to 17. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, definitely. You know, it, it's kind of crazy because we came into this thinking, you know, Iowa didn't have the offense and didn't, you know, couldn't put up the, the, the offense to really stay competitive in this game. And if you look at the stats, Iowa actually had more total yards yeah, than Kentucky did. So it, it's, you know, strange, but yeah, I think those, those three interceptions and, and one of them led to, uh, you know, a Kentucky field goal. Um, so, and, and another one was towards the end of the game when I was kind of driving to, to possibly tie it up or, you know, possibly win the, win the game, you mm-hmm. know, for Iowa. So just, you know, three costly turnovers for, for Iowa and, and 
you know, kind of another glaring stat that, that kind of sticks out to me is the, the time of possession. Uh, Iowa had the ball for about 22 minutes. Kentucky had the ball for almost 40 minutes. Man. So, I mean, they, they really, you know, kind of slowed the game down and kind of beat Iowa almost at their, at, at their, their own, own game. game um, and so, you know, another, another SEC school beating a, beating a big 10, big 10 team, but you all know, too uh, familiar uh, yeah, outcome. Right. But uh, you know, at the very, you know, very least a very competitive game, uh, you know, from, from the big 10, even though they, they took a, took an L there. So, yeah, I mean, this is really a game of two halves because um, Kentucky kind of dominated that first half. Mm-hmm. Iowa couldn't get anything offensively going. Second half is where Iowa kind of shined on the offensive side. And, you know, the, I the couple of coaching mistakes there in that second half, uh, I remember one time there in the fourth quarter, Iowa had a chance to kick a field goal, get three more points on the board, but they decided to go for it on fourth down, didn't get it, turned the ball over on down. So, I mean, had they kicked the field goal there, you're looking at a tie game going into overtime. Right, and then it's anybody's ball right, game right. in. So. Yeah, it's, a, it's a toss up there. So, All right, well, we'll move on. A game that didn't involve a Big Ten school, the Fiesta Bowl. You had Oklahoma State against Notre Dame. And, you know, we talked quite a bit about this game last week that, we were going to see what Notre Dame was made of, uh, and, and I think we did. It's, for for think, one half, we, we yeah, did. <laughs> I think, you know, it would be unusual if I told you that Notre Dame's quarterback threw five touchdowns and threw for over 500 yards. You sure uh, think that's going to be a W? You think that would be a win. Yeah. Unfortunately, it wasn't. Not the they case. lost by two points. Um, and, again, uh, Notre Dame could never establish a run game whatsoever. Mm-hmm. They had 42 yards total rushing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, this. Yeah, you, you would have never thought, you know, that that Notre Dame would have had a major collapse, and you know what a what a debut for for Marcus Freeman. You yeah. know, he he starts off his his debut with, you know, what looked like man, this is you know we're gonna pick up right where we left off with with Brian Kelly leaving. Well, and, I know I texted both of you guys yeah. close to halftime, said Notre Dame's putting the football world on notice. And yeah, and all, it wasn't all too of a sudden I turned on in the fourth quarter before the Buckeye game, and I said. What the heck just happened? <laughs> right, right. It's the same game I was just watching. <laughs> right, right, yeah. And yeah. I mean, but not to take away from Oklahoma State. I mean, they, oh, they did I'll a, a heck of a quarterback showed up that second half. And right. the quarterback ran for 125 yards. I yeah. mean, he, he had a great – Sanders had a great game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and, and yeah, hats off, hats off to him because, you know, if you guys remember in that Big 12 championship game, I mean, he – was awful. I mean, he may have single-handedly lost them the game. And then that, I mean, I know it came down to, you know, mere inches in that big 12 game, but a lot of costly turnovers that that he had there, uh, you know, for Oklahoma state in that big 12 championship game, but a lot of, a lot of redemption in in this game for him. And he came out and, you know, maybe single-handedly won the game for him in, 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 you know, in the second half. And, you know, I I think we also have to kind of talk about, uh, you know, just the success that Mike Gundy has had there in, in Oklahoma state. This is now they, they he's led the Cowboys to 16 consecutive seasons where they've gone to a bowl game. And in those bowl games, he has an 11 and five record. Very so, good. you know, he, he's had some, you know, pretty consistent, you know, they're, they're Oklahoma state. And, you know, I don't know if there, there's been any other, you know, bigger, maybe big time offers on the table for him, but, you know, I, I would like to, you know, say that, you know, even if there has been, he, he's decided that, you know, Oklahoma state's where he wants to be. And, you know, he runs his team the way he, he wants to run it. And, always gets you know does good, a good job good, good results out of out yeah, of you know whatever I, I team the, the big knock on him has always been though he, he doesn't win the conference championship right but, right you know, he, he wins these these big games but right. not the biggest not the, the biggest one to, to put him in yeah. the you know the top right. Right. You know, tier yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah well and you know what this game and the next two games we're going to talk about i want to talk about the over under a little bit this game uh 
Vegas had the over under set at forty five. Huh. Yeah. They, they meant you know just it just kind of goes to show you how crazy sports can go. You know, a total of seventy two points and you know and it was it was twenty eight what twenty eight to three at half. So yeah, I mean it was yeah, almost so, almost covering the over under in the first right. half. Yeah, so. so. So, all right, well, let's move on to that next game. I got uh, the next one on the slate as the Rose Bowl game. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. <laughs> um, if you like defense, don't watch. Yeah, don't watch. <laughs> Absolutely. And here, here's one. The over-under was set at 64 and a half. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we beat that all by almost 30 points. Right, right. So, you know, and again, uh, C.J. Stroud was just outstanding. Mm-hmm. Just outstanding. Amazing young man, for sure. Yeah, right, yeah right. I mean. 573 yards, six touchdowns. Their offense rolled up 683 total. Mm-hmm. Um, just just an amazing offensive output. I mean, as great as he was, though, Jackson Smith and Jigba. I mean, my oh, goodness, a receiver. Going 350 for, yards. Yeah, 347 and three touchdowns. That's yeah. just unheard of. Right, That's right. shattering NCAA records. Right, right. Two, two receivers, you know, that had three touchdowns apiece, yeah. like Matt mentioned Smith and Jigba with three and Marvin Harrison Jr. with three TDs. With um, his, getting his first start of the year, and those were all three of his – the only touchdowns he scored this year. Yeah, so, yeah. So good, obviously so, – Some good quality minutes. For obviously, right Ohio State's going to fill those wide receiver gaps that right. are going to be left with, you know, uh, Wilson and uh, Olave leaving. So, right. um, you think it maybe would have been a different ending uh, if Cameron Rising hadn't, Rising hadn't been injured with – I think it was about 10 minutes to go in the game. Yeah, um, I, I think it very well could have been. He, he was playing the game of his life. He was yeah. making all the right decisions. He, was. Right, he, right. he, looked, he, he looked good he was, out He was there. doing enough. You know, he, like you said, he wasn't doing like – he wasn't being spectacular. He wasn't yeah. elite. He was doing but he, he was doing what do. he needed to yeah. do to keep that team, you know, moving forward. And, yeah, it's unfortunate that he, you know, gets knocked out of that knocked out of that game. But And, I mean, those first couple series after he went out, they, they didn't even want to pass the ball because the right. quarterback that came in ha- hadn't ever even thrown a pass in the regular season right, of a right. college football game. So, so yeah. I mean, hats off to him when he finally did get the throw. He, he took that team down. He did. He, he got, got him a in score. the end zone. Yeah, he, he, got did, him a he, score. Pretty good. he didn't look too bad after coming, you know, coming out there and, you know, yeah, grew up in, in central Utah <laughs> and, uh, you know, grew up on a, on a pig farm, ironically, <laughs> um, and just yeah. outside of, outside of Utah. So a local kid, you know, to, to the Utah, you know, uh, nation, but, uh, you know, I, th- I think also, you know, I-, I didn't know this and, you know, maybe they said it during the broadcast, but Utah was actually down three of their top four corners in this game. And yeah. then actually had to have one of their, um, running backs, running backs yeah. play Go both ways. defensive back who, you yeah. know, he hadn't played that position since, you know, since high school. Right. Um, so that may have contributed a little bit to maybe some of the, uh, you know, inflated numbers, yeah. but, you know, hats off to the to the Buckeyes, but yeah, Utah just it, just couldn't get enough, you know, offense there. Obviously. And we we knew Utah, we knew they could score points. I mm-hmm. mean, that was never the knock on this team. But Matt, I got to ask you as a Buckeye fan, are you still a little concerned with your defense? Uh, I, I mean, yes and no. I'll I'll hold judgment until next. I I think we have some really good corners coming back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there were some guys playing with injuries, and that, really that whole almost half that defense coming into this game, those weren't even our starters all season long. These were guys, I didn't even know who half of those guys were (laughs) out there. I had no idea how depleted we really were coming into this game on that defense. So, I mean, I I think that had a lot to do with it. We uh, were having a top top five recruiting class coming in with a lot of very good defensive linemen that I think can step in right away and fill some void. I think they saw the need. Yes, absolutely. So that was kind of a, uh, you know, a – 
priority, I guess, if you want to say for them and mm-hmm. recruiting. So, yeah. yeah. And, and they're getting, you know, a new, new defensive right. coordinator. That's, from, that's the biggest key you know, right so, there. A so guy a different, who different knows, scheme, knows you know, how to, right. So, you know, up, so. What, what, what's, you know, what's that going to bring? So I think, you know, you have to say, you know, hats off to the Buckeyes. They got, mm-hmm. you know, we're able to get out this win, but hopefully we see something, you know, totally different next year right. with, with a totally new, you know, kind of staff on that defensive side of the ball. And, and as bad as that defensive was this year, it, it was kind of nice to see it kind of all in amicably for the Buckeyes defensive coordinator, uh, Barnes. He uh, signed on, I believe, at Memphis to be okay. their uh, head defensive coordinator out there. Okay. So, okay. you right. know, good for him to get another another defensive coordinator job. Sure. He didn't have to be fired or anything right, like that. Right, yeah. It kind of all worked out for everybody. Right. So, Absolutely. Right. good deal there. Well, and then the last game of the night was the Sugar Bowl. Um, Baylor at Ole Miss, or play against Ole Miss. Um, here's another one. But this was the opposite way. It was a 21 21- to seven game but the over under was set at 60 uh, so yeah. you know this one went the exact opposite of the last two we talked about right. so you know uh you know and this this was a game that just kind of broke my heart mm-hmm. for matt corral yes, I mean, absolutely. the kid I think, comes out I think that's the big story that kind of yeah is, is the umbrella over top of this whole game you know not to take away from what baylor you know did or you know what they were able to do but i think the bigger question is what Ole Miss wasn't able to do because of their star quarterback, you know, who chose to play in this game, you know. And to, everybody was expecting him not to, really. Right, I, right. You know, and, you know, that, that really gives ammunition to all these guys who, who did opt out of these bowl games. Right. And now right. I think yeah, you're going like to see CC, even more next yeah. year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be a continuing thing and, and just even more so than, than what, you know, what we, you know, yeah, I've seen. I mean, Ole Miss had to bring in a, you know, a freshman quarterback. I think. He hadn't thrown a pass in the in the college ranks either, and he, he threw three picks that day. And, mm-hmm. uh, Baylor was able to hold um, Old Miss to a total of 322 yards of offense when they'd been averaging well over 500. So, right. Right. Uh, defense also had nine sacks on the day. Yeah, that, that's an impressive that's, number. That's big, right? And I think uh, you know it just it just it, I think the silver lining is is uh, you know Matt Corral obviously goes down in that game, but. From what I was kind of reading, that the X-rays came back, came back negative, negative on yeah. on his on his right foot there. So that's you know that's that's promising that that's not you know broken or there's no serious damage to it. Right. That that won't maybe cause him to really be out a serious amount amount of time here. But you know so. what I want to tell all these football players that you know there's chance to get injured in everything you do. They're going to go out training. You can get injured in the gym. You can get injured running practice routes. You can Stepping get injured into the doing bathtub, anything. I mean, I mean, yeah. So weight training, I, any of it. You, yeah. you play your whole career. Right. I, I just, I don't see being afraid of injury for one last game. Mm-hmm. You, you, Cause you, it, it can happen anytime, anywhere, any place. I don't know why it's that much of a risk or a worry when you've done it all your life. Right. Or, right. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah you train for. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, well, that was the five New Year's Day games. Um, uh, New Year's Eve, the playoff games, the Cotton Bowl was, uh, you know, number one Alabama against number four Cincinnati. Uh, you know, to me, the, the the whole story of this game was the Bearcats just had no answer for Brian Robinson Jr. Mm-hmm. at running back. Mm-hmm. The kid had over 200 yards rushing, and he was just gashing them. I mean, yeah. uh, just – and they never stopped it mm-hmm. the whole game. That yeah. was to me, was the key. Yeah, they're they're really out physical up front here. But you know, I was pleasantly surprised to see Cincinnati's defense on on the secondary side. Though, like Colton kind of talked about coming into it, they really shut down Alabama's passing they offense. Yeah, they you did. know, they played really well. 
I think they, they made a good showing for themselves, even though they couldn't get themselves into the end zone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, they, they, no, they had no turnovers. I mean, you know, right. they, they, they played a game. I, you know, it was. Yeah, I, I think, you know, they, you know, people are going to say, uh, you know, no more non-power fives in the, in the playoff, you know, Cincinnati, whatever. But I, I think, you know, Cincinnati, yeah, the, the outcome wasn't great. And obviously they, they got beat by, you know, three touchdowns, but. I think that they still went out there and they they competed. I mean, they yeah. they, they didn't lay down, and, and this could have easily been a fifty to six game. And, but. and did the committee really have this wrong? You look at number five; they lost thirty-seven to thirty-five. You right. look at number six; they won in a barn burner, forty-eight forty-five. Right. right. No, right. I, I, so I mean, yeah, you know, that was something that we talked. I, and I think we the, this panel agreed anyway yeah. that the top four teams were the top four teams that the committee got it right. You know and. To me, the order doesn't really make that right. big a difference. If you get in, you you got a chance. So right, you right. know, and you know, and Bama's defense staff stepped up too. Mm-hmm. You know, they six sacks and eight tackles mm-hmm. for loss. Um, you know, just Cincinnati just just couldn't get their offense going. Right, only gave up a little over two hundred yards total to yeah. to a Cincinnati team that had been you know averaging well over well over that you know coming mm-hmm. into the game and just I think the big the big thing was that they really limited you know I kind of talked about it with with Desmond Ritter kind of making some plays with his feet and they they really you know shut that down pretty pretty quick yeah. really kept him in the pocket and just you know wasn't really able to kind of get going there and you know it just. You know, I, I think Alabama kind of showed that they were the more physical team. They had the, the bigger bodies, and I think that's why they kind of went to that kind of bully bully ball, if you mm-hmm. will, of just, you know, pounding it down your throat. They, they, they knew they had the matchup there, and they just, you know, they, they exploited it. And, mm-hmm. and in, in Nick Saban, you know, perfect fashion, he always has an answer for whatever you think you're going to do, yeah, and, right. and it just – you know, a hats off to him. You know, he always seems to figure it out when it when it comes, you know, playoff time. So yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And the second game of the night, uh, the Orange Bowl, Georgia against Michigan, um, a game that Michigan was never really in in this one either. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it wound up thirty four to eleven. So you know, again, a over twenty point spread in this one. Um, Stetson Bennett, I think you know you got to you know hats off to him. He went twenty of thirty through three touchdowns, um, you know, the Michigan, the the hot defense that we had coming in, only had two tackles for loss the whole game. Mm-hmm. Uh, three turnovers didn't help. Um, you know, it was, I guess, I get, well, I'll let you guys talk about it a little bit. I got one more little piece I'm going to add at the I, end. I know. mean, to me, just hats off to, to Georgia and in the trenches on both sides of the ball. That mm-hmm. offensive line did a great job keeping their quarterback protected all game long against they a did. very good defense from Michigan. They did. And then that defense holding Michigan to 88 rushing yards, four sacks on the day. Mm-hmm. I mean, so that just they really controlled the line of scrimmage, the trenches, and, both sides. and, and yep. took that game on mm-hmm. well. Yeah. My question is, though, did Michigan wait too long to switch quarterbacks and get the more dynamic passer in there? Well, I mean, that was kind of be my comp. I think you saw the future at Michigan quarterback. Yeah, I think I think Cade, um, Cade McNamara kind of saw the handwriting on I, the wall. Yeah, you so. saw him over there talking to Aiden Hutchison on the sideline. You could kind of see defeat in his eyes, realizing but, that this probably is his last game in a Michigan uniform. You, I expect him to be in the transfer portal, mm-hmm. um, you know, but – I guess that was the lone bright spot maybe for Michigan was McCarthy did come in and, you know, looked pretty solid um, in a game that was probably already out of reach by the time he got in there. So I, I don't know, I guess, uh, yeah, I was disappointed obviously in my team. And mm-hmm. of course I've been hearing it from the Buckeye fans that, 
Oh, uh, I won't. I won't say it because you know what? The Buckeyes have been there, laid an egg just as bad. Right, right. So. And that's and that's the thing. I mean, they say, oh, you know, that was a fluke that Michigan beat Ohio State, but it wasn't a fluke. Michigan was the better team that, that day. day. Absolutely. And, and you know, I guess I, I think if, you play that game ten times, it's probably five and five. Five and five. And I think to prove it wasn't a fluke, you know, the very next weekend, if we'd have come out and laid an egg against Iowa in the mm. Big Ten championship game, then yeah, maybe you can say we played above our heads against Ohio State. But the way we dominated Iowa in the Big Ten championship game, um, you know, I don't think you could take anything away from that Wolverine. So I will question, do you you think the Buckeyes could have maybe put up a better effort against Georgia just because of what Georgia struggles with on defense being the passing game? Yeah. And that being what the Buckeyes excel at. Not because they're better than Michigan, but – because of the, a different the style of team, yeah. yeah. I, I, think, I think probably defensively that you know they, or they would have matched up a little better. Um, I think or offensively, I mean, I think Ohio State probably would have scored. Still, more. Yeah, we still would have given up eighty points. That, that's, that's the thing. So you know, you, they gave up. So, so we take the Buckeyes' offense and our defense, go. and we they, got you know we got a team that can we got beat. a national championship. Yeah, right, right, that right, maybe right can compete with yeah. the Alabamas <laughs> and the and the Georgias that yeah. are in there every year. It seems like. Yeah, so. absolutely. I, I think yeah, they, like Dad said, this game just got away from them. You know, got away from Michigan quickly. Georgia scored on their first five drives, and it was twenty-seven to three at halftime. And you know. Before you know it, you know it's you're you're looking at an uphill battle against right. you know this ain't a defense from Georgia that's just going to lay that it's just going to lay down yeah. and die. I mean, yeah, they yeah. obviously erased that you know that blemish that they had against you know Alabama in the SEC championship, uh, and, and, and you know threw that out the window and, and came out and really you know dominated from start to finish. And, so. and like I said, coming into this guy, I said they were going to show up playing mad and trying to prove a point, yeah. and they sure looked like they did. Yeah. Maybe, uh, you know, Georgia getting beat by Alabama in that SEC game was the best thing that happened to yeah. them all season. Could be. Could we'll, be. See, we'll see next week. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Um, stay tuned. We'll be right back. This podcast is sponsored by Podbean. Podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast. We use Podbean to host Fired Up. Download the free Podbean podcast app to start, record, and publish your very own podcast in minutes. Podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast, and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone. Download the free Podbean app today. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Head on over to Podbean at www.podbean.com and use the code PODCAST21 for your first 30 days of podcast hosting for free. Check it out. All right, we're back. Thanks for sticking with us through the commercial. Uh, we're going to get away from the football and the college ranks here a little bit. We're going to a little bit of NBA news. Um, this week, the Cavs traded for Rajon Rondo, 16-year veteran, got him from the Lakers. Uh, Colton, give me your thoughts on the on the who won or who lost this trade. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, for, for me, I think it's kind of a win-win. And, and, and at the same time, there was also a, another a team, third team, a third team yeah. involved. Uh, the, Knicks, the Knicks were involved. Um, so, actually, the Lakers really didn't get – anything out of this out of this trade they, they got some draft rights to a player that more than Never likely is not that. not going to play in the nba so really for the lakers it just kind of opens up a roster spot kind of gives them some some flexibility there um that and, and flexibility to to possibly sign somebody else but also sign somebody else at maybe a cheaper cheaper rate than than rondo be because of him being you know a, a kind of a 16-year vet he was playing on the the maximum veterans minimum, you know, contract, which was around two point six million dollars. 
and he hadn't even really been playing that much for the Lakers. I mean, it was only averaging a handful of minutes and just not really providing a whole lot of quality, you know, uh, you know, stuff out yeah, there. When, when I think they kind of considered him like their third string point guard. Right. Uh, you know. So, and obviously I, I think for the Cavs, I mean, I think it was the best scenario for them. I mean, they, they weren't going to be able to get, you know, anybody else. I mean, yeah, obviously you would have liked to try to get a, a, maybe a better upgraded point guard than Rajon Rondo, who's, you know, towards the end of his career, but, at this point in the game, with with all this COVID stuff and things like that, everybody's already kind of sucked up Scrambling all, all, for, all yeah. the you know all the good or younger you know younger point guards. Right. So you know, they, I, I think for them this was the best the best that they could get at the time, and so they get a, a, a veteran leader there on that on that surprisingly good Cavs team who's yeah. sitting at yeah. you know fifth fifth in the East, I believe, right now six six, six, six yeah. in the East. Um, so yeah, it's it's you know a surprisingly good. Cavs team who ironically starts three seven footers in in the lineup so they they add you know a veteran point guard but uh you know I think I think it's kind of a a win for for both teams in that sense uh you know the Lakers get some some flexibility and, and the Cavs get a point guard to kind of fill in for that that you know a, a spot where they're very very thin with with the loss of Ricky Rubio right. so yeah he tore his ACL there yeah and he's done and, yeah Absolutely. For the Cavs, you know, I, I agree. I, I think it's it's a good move for them. And I think they're, they're a young team, so I think just having that veteran there for the Cavs is going to be nice for some of those younger guys to, to learn some of his championship pedigree stuff and right. and things he can bring to those guys just for, for their future even. So it's, it's nice to have a guy like that come on board and, and kind of help the, help the young guys come along, and hopefully it can help them this season earn that playoff spot. And yeah, stay in the playoff and I mean, of course, he's probably going to get a lot more minutes with the Cavs. More sure. than likely, he's going to be the starting point guard. So you don't know what you're going to get now that he's getting a lot more minutes. Maybe you get a little bit more. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to be come out there and he's going to be a 20-point scorer. You know, he's never really been that kind of guy in his yeah, whole career. Yeah, over his career, he's averaged about 10 points a game and 8 assists. Right. So you're just going to go out there and get a floor a floor general, I think, you know, and, and, and somebody that, you well, know. Playing is, all those bigs, that might really be what you need. Right. Absolutely. Out a little bit and he can feed those guys in the middle when they're open mm -hmm. and, you know, and really i mean if you compare his lifetime stats against what rubio's put up so far this year he's been averaging 13 points a game and just shy of seven assists so you know similar stats in that respect so yeah so yeah. i think this and, you know rondo's been around the league how i don't know he's played for like eight different teams mm -hmm, or, mm -hmm. you know so he's proven he can fit in you know different offenses and you know, different locker rooms or whatever. So, right, right. you know, I, I think, yeah, I mean, it, it was kind of out of necessity, obviously, for the Cavs. But, yeah, I don't, I don't think they hurt themselves. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is a good a good trade for, for all teams in, involved. Um, yeah, so. Very good. <clears throat> all right. And other NBA news, um, longtime assistant, San Antonio Spurs assistant uh, Becky Hammond was signed uh, to coach the Las Vegas Aces. Um She's been a she was an assistant under Greg Popovich since 2014 with the with the Spurs. Um, so Colton, give me your thoughts on on the signing of uh, Becky Hammond. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is obviously I think this is a kind of a knock it out of the park for 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 the Aces. Um, I mean she's she's been on you know on that staff with the Spurs. Uh, you know under one of probably the greatest NBA coaches of of all time. Um, so you know she's got you know and, and she's learned a lot I think from from you know coach uh you know greg popovich there in, in san antonio and 
she's had you know several opportunities she's she's interviewed for a couple of jobs in the in the nba and, and head coaching jobs uh at, at that in the nba and um you know i think you know she she made some comments and and uh you know straight from from her mouth and you know i quote and she said i sat in a lot of nba head coaching interviews two things that people always said you've only been with san antonio and you've never been a head coach those are you know the two knocks i guess that you know the nba teams are, are saying and you know i don't know maybe that holds a little bit of you know some truth but at the same time i mean being with the spurs you know your whole career i mean i'm learning learning under yeah that's not a bad thing that's not I, a bad thing i agree and, Matt. and i think you know at the same time there have been plenty of other coaches that have gotten hired that have no prior nba you know head coaching experience so right. i don't know i just i just don't know if i can can buy that so uh, you know, hats off to, to the Las Vegas, you know, aces for, for signing her. I think she's going to be, you know, a very, a very good, you know, head coach for them. And, you know, a lot of experience coming into this and, you know, uh, was actually a former player, not for the aces, but this team actually used to be, I think, located in, in San, San Antonio, Antonio. Yep, and then, you know, moved over to, to Las Vegas. So, yep. uh, you know, I, I, you know, a longtime player in the WNBA. So very familiar with, with the game and things like that. So I think, you know, you're going to see good, good things from, from, from Becky. So. Yeah, I, I agree. I like said it was a knockout move for Las Vegas. And like, I think it's a good move for, for Becky Hammond. It's, it's going to give her that head coaching experience now that, you know, people were saying she lacked. Mm-hmm. I, I, I do think like you, I think it was a bit of a cop out for mm-hmm. some of these people to not have to hire the first female head NBA coach. But right. you know what? Th- this takes that firepower away from them at right. this point. Right. If, if she comes in there and knocks out with Las Vegas, a team that, I don't think they, they've really been at the top of the league, right? So, yeah, I mean, they, they've had their success. She's road. taken over a good team. They went 24 and 8 last season. Did they? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So that, She's not working with, you know, she's not. I think they in. got a good, a good young, a good young core there, there in Las Vegas. And well, I mean, if, if they, if she can make them championship caliber, I, I, I think then she, she can really prove, I, I can do this, and, and maybe even have that shot to finally break, break through, break the barrier. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I mean, they've only been, good. they've only been around for four, four seasons. Right. Um, you yeah. know, they've only been a short, you know, short expansion team more or less um so and and we're actually coached by bill lambeer the the nba legend you know for the pistons you know the first four seasons and he's he's gonna be still with the team and and maybe a possible general manager role uh but he's gonna still be with the team to kind of help build the roster and and kind of build the team and things like that because uh, from what I was reading, uh, Becky is actually going to stay on with the Spurs until the regular season is over, um, just because the WNBA season doesn't start until May. So she still has time to, you know, learn some more stuff from from Popovich there with the with the Spurs before she, you know, starts running running her own team. So yeah, yeah absolutely. She, but hats off to her. She's she's still she has already broken barriers in the NBA and. Mm-hmm. I, I think she'll continue to do so. She did coach her summer league team to a yep. summer league championship. Yep. So, you know, she's proven that she can coach a team. And she got high praise from a lot of former players. Pau Gasol mm-hmm. said, this gal can coach any – this, you know, I'm not just saying she can be a coach or be a good coach. He said she can be a great coach anywhere she goes. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and I, they, I don't know if they finalized the deal. I couldn't find all the numbers. I think it's going to be somewhere in the – seven hundred thousand dollar a year range which would make her the highest paid coach in the wnba mm-hmm. um and, and i think deservedly, deservedly oh deservedly so, so but yeah. you compare that to like right now in the in the ncaa women you know college ranks the highest paid coach right now is dawn staley from south carolina and she's 
got a base of 3.2 a year. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, I think, um, which, which is strange to see that, that the college is, is more than the professionals. Right. You know? So it's, it's not that it's unheard of, but just, right. you know, so strange. I, to I see. think, you know, Becky's doing this coach Hammond's doing this out of desire. Cause if she was just chasing money, you know, she could go probably to the college ranks and make, make a lot more money. Well, um, I got to imagine what she was making as an assistant in San Antonio is probably comparable. Right. right. And right. It, like, uh, for, and kind of for comparison, like the, the max base in the WNBA is 221,000 a year. So, you know, she, she's doing well. I, I think it's a good move for her. She said it's a great move for her and a great move for her family. So, yeah, you know, absolutely. we wish her all the best and, uh, you know, hat, hats off to her. And, you know, at some point you may see her as the first coach in the, <laughs> And female coach in the NBA. Right. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if you guys know this, but also the uh, the the you know the owner for the Raiders, you know Mark Mark Davis, the mm-hmm. you know famous Davises, actually owns the Las Vegas Aces yeah. too. Yep. So you yep. know he and he had nothing but good things to say about her, and 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 you know was happy about you know being able to get her away from from the Spurs and and get her as the as the next head coach for the Aces. So all right, very good. Well, we're gonna stay in the professional ranks, but we're gonna move over to the oblong ball here a little bit we're going to talk about the last week in the nfl and maybe some playoff matchups matchups and uh things of that nature so let's start in the afc we'll start in the east um you got the the bills and the patriots both sitting at 10 and 6 they split during the regular season uh still you know still fighting for that the the winner of that um the bills and they both should get wins this weekend the bills play the jets yeah, and the Pats play the Dolphins. So, and, and both teams have already clinched a clinched a, a, spot, a spot in the just, playoffs. It's just two wins and who's in the wild card. Right, absolutely. So, I'll just kind of run through maybe the, the the top teams that are in the playoffs as of now, and then we can kind of get into you know different mm-hmm. scenarios of who's still in the hunt and things like that. So, you know, right now as it stands, the Titans are the number one seed in the in the uh, AFC at eleven and five. And, five. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and so. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this out there, but uh, there's actually only going to be seven teams that, that make it into the playoffs this year. But as a result of that, the number one seed is the only team that gets home field advantage, you know, up until the Super Bowl. So and, and the first and, round by. So, you know, that makes that one seed even more critical or crucial for, for especially a team. with in, late season injuries and guys in the, you know, the pro, COVID, COVID protocols. protocols. Yeah, absolutely. Now the, now the chiefs are also 11 and five, correct? No, yeah. Number they're but sitting the, at number two. So, yeah. and I, and I believe the reason is because the chief, the, the Titans may or may not have beaten the chiefs at some point during the regular season. Okay. So, uh, but then you got, you know, the surprising number three, you got the Cincinnati Bengals sitting yeah. there at, at 10 and six and, you know they've wrapped up a playoff spot as well. They they won the AFC North, so they they got a playoff spot. And then, like Dad said, the the, the fourth team right now is the Buffalo Bills, who are also ten and six and have wrapped up a spot. Um, sitting behind them at number five is the New England Patriots at ten and six. They also have clinched a playoff spot. Um, and then we get into the two, you know, two the last two spots that six and seven seed that that have not been wrapped up mm. just yet. And right now, the sixth seed is is the Indianapolis Colts at, at nine and seven, and the the seventh seed is the Los Angeles Chargers at nine at nine and seven. Um, and then you know the next kind of three teams that are all you know hunting for those last two spots. You got the Las Vegas Raiders at nine and seven. You got the Pittsburgh Steelers who are eight, seven, and one. And then you know even though the Ravens have lost five in a row here, they're they're still in the hunt for a playoff spot, sitting at, at eight and eight. So. 
everybody everybody's got a shot you know there's there's five teams hunting for two spots and yeah. uh you know it's a lot, a lot to play for still right right but, absolutely but, but to me it, it looks to me like the colts should really be able to wrap up that sixth spot uh, they get they, the, they jags the jags this weekend, this weekend. yeah if, if they can't beat the jags they don't deserve to be in the playoffs anyway <laughs> so so I, I think the colts are going to wrap that spot up and then I think that final spots, it's going to go to the winner of the Las Vegas LA game. They play each other, right? So they're they're playing. Yeah, so basically, they're playing a playoff game this weekend. That's that, that's going to be a fun yeah, matchup to watch. Winner go home. That's yeah. that's actually going to be your Sunday night game. Mm, that's going to be a, a good one in, in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, that'll be a good one. And then you know, and the Steelers and the Ravens go head to head this weekend as well. That are right. like Colton said, still two teams that are. Playing for a possible spot now, they need some help, obviously. Yeah, yeah, both teams. And we're even not going to they... try to figure out all the so variables, it, but I was going to say, if, if the Colts lose and the the Ravens win, do the Ravens get over the Colts? Yeah. Uh, so, so basically, for the Ravens to get in, mm-hmm. they have to beat the Steelers. They have to win. If they right. lose, automatically out. No, no, no questions asked. But if they win against the Steelers, then they also have to have losses by both the Colts and the Chargers. And the Dolphins have to lose or tie. So, you oh, know. So Las Vegas could still get in with, yeah, with yeah. a loss. Right, right. Okay. Um, right. So, you know, they, they, you know, pretty much the Steelers and the Ravens have to have a lot of stuff to they, happen. They even if they win the game, even if they win yeah. their game, they, right. they, they have to have a lot of other, mm. some other teams lose in front of them yeah. to, to, to possibly have a chance. Sure. Um, so I think, you know, ultimately, it, it, like you said, it's, it's the Colts, the Chargers, and the Raiders that really are the three teams that are kind of hunting for those final right. two spots. Um, you know, the Steelers and Ravens are kind of, you know, win and then hope for some, some chaos. Mm-hmm. Um, but- I'll be watching that game. I'll have to talk my wife out of the watching Yellowstone on Sunday night. <laughs> well, no, actually the, the season episode final was last Sunday. So, All right, so, so I will be able to watch, watch the Chargers and the Raiders game. That's, I think that's going to be a great game to right. watch. Now that, that Steelers-Ravens game is the afternoon, I think the 1 o'clock game. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So yeah. That, that'll be a good one, too. Still two or four teams there. that, And are, if they don't make the playoffs, that'll be Big Ben's final farewell. I know a road game, he had his farewell home game last right, week. Right, yeah. What, what, you know, what, what an emotional, emotional game. game. You know, uh, and, and hats off, you know, to the Steelers for, you know, sending him off with the, with the win. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and, you know. Big Ben has had a historic career and, and not only just a historic career from an NFL standpoint, but historic for just one single team in, in the NFL to play all, all of his years for one team and just be that franchise QB that, that the Pittsburgh, face of the franchise right. for so many years. <laughs> yeah. And it, it just, you know, it, it, you know, and also alumni of, of Miami, Miami, Ohio. So love and honor there, you know, and, you know, alumni there and, you know, hats off to him. And yeah, it was just, uh, a great scene to see him, you know, walk off the, the field. Even before the game, just him walking out of the tunnel right. to get ready for the game. and led, then Yeah, led the team out yeah. on the field. They they kind of gave him his distance, let him come out alone, uh, mm-hmm. you know, get his props from the crowd and stuff. So, right. yeah, it was, it was uh, pretty pretty impressive to see. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> all right, well, let's move on to the NFC. Um, maybe a little more clarity over mm-hmm. here. Still, still some stuff going on. Uh, Colton, give us a rundown over on, on the NFC side. Yeah, so on the NFC, we got got the one seed, uh, the Green Bay Packers at 13-3, and three, and and they've clinched clinched that spot. They, they you know, are going to stay in the number one spot. doesn't matter what what happens. They they got that spot. So does Aaron Rodgers play or not? Yeah, so I don't know. I, I don't think so. I mean, I don't. They're playing the Lions. Yeah, so. I, don't, I don't see a reason why. I mean, there's no, there's no real 
no, no, there's no advantage. No advantage to it other than the Rams can't jump them with a win. No, I I believe I believe the Packers beat the Rams in the regular season. So even if they, you know, were to be same record, you know, thirteen or you know, thirteen and three or whatever, um, you know, I think or or, you know, thirteen or. 13 and 4, I guess it is. Um, The Bucs could finish 13 and 4 as well. Right, right. And I don't know, Green Bay may or may not have a win over them or, you know, whatever. But, uh, you know, I think, yeah, from what I understand, you know, Green Bay's got that number one seed clinched there, you know. So yeah, I don't, I don't expect lock, yeah. I don't expect them to play a lot of their guys, and I and think they're it, playing the Lions anyway. Right. right yeah. Exactly. I, I think at this point, you just try to keep all of your guys healthy. Yeah, you try yeah. to keep them, you know, from not only from injury but, but, COVID. but COVID as well. So yeah. you just you know you, you pray for that, and obviously they have that first round buy. So even if they did have some COVID issues, maybe that first round buy would would help them out to to bring some guys back. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, taking a week Get off. Them cleared. Yeah. But then you know number two then is is the Los Angeles Rams at twelve and four, and they've wrapped up a playoff spot, but you know could fall you know as far as I think down to five, maybe six, in in that you know in that mm-hmm. pairing, depending on how they you know finish their their game. Um, and then you got Tampa Bay, who's who's number three at, at twelve and four, and they've wrapped up a playoff spot as and well. They're playing the Panthers, so right. And they, you know, but they, you know they almost blew it against the Jets last weekend. Had to had to come from two scores down. Yeah, and, terrific, uh, terrific. Tom had to do what he always does. Got in, some in, turmoil going on with uh, Antonio Brown walking off the field in the middle of the game. Yeah, that's a whole other story in it in itself. Right. Um, but then you got the four seed there in the Dallas Cowboys at eleven and five, and they wrapped, like they've wrapped that spot. Yeah, they no they've wrapped why. up a playoff spot, and then you got the Cardinals right behind them, um, which you know they ironically just played each other, and you know what a fantastic game that was to oh, yeah. watch. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and so uh, the Cardinals are the five seed at eleven and five, and they've wrapped up a spot, and then at six, the sixth spot, which is a team that hasn't wrapped up a, a, a playoff spot, and that's the San Francisco 49ers at 9-7. and seven. And they got to play the Rams. And they got to play the Rams. Basically, the, the scenario is win and you're in. Lose and you may not. Um, yeah. So, they, And then the last spot there, number seven, is the Philadelphia Eagles at 9-7, and seven, and, and they've wrapped up a playoff spot. Um, but they so, got to play Dallas. Right, weekend. right. So, um and then the only team that's in the hunt then in the NFC is, is the New Orleans Saints. And they're they're sitting at eight and eight. And they got a somewhat winnable game against the Falcons, Falcons. here, you know, the final week of the season. So but like they need a, some help even if they win. Um, not necessarily. It's 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 it, they have to win, and then the 49ers basically have to lose. That okay. that's kind of the, the, the scenario right. in the NFC. Like I said, a little more clarity in the NFC. Right. Yeah. So basically if the 49ers lose and the Saints win, the Saints are in. If yeah. if if the 49ers, you know, win. It doesn't matter. The Saints can win. It doesn't matter. Okay. The 49ers are automatically in. So that's so. the help they need. They need the Niners to lose. Right, man. right. And and the Saints still have to win. And their they game. still got to win. They can't lose their game either because if yeah. they both lose, the 49ers are still in the game. So yeah. hats off New Orleans to even still being in this picture. <laughs> you know, their franchise quarterback retires coming into this season. Mm-hmm. They replace him with Jameis Winston, who go, goes down with a knee injury, and he's out for the year. Then they replace him with uh, – Trent- Hill. Taysom Hill, Trevor Simeon, Trevor, Trevor Simeon goes down. Yeah, they had to start. Booker has the worst game in NFL history as a quarterback. Right, and they're still in the thick of this. Thing. Right, I mean, yeah, and I think you had to. Them. I think you had to give a lot of props to that defense Absolutely. for for the yeah. Saints. I think and that's, Sean Payton. Yeah, and I think Sean Payton's done a fantastic job of just yeah managing all of that and. Not to only throw on top of that, but they also had their, you know, franchise running back in Alvin Kamara yeah. out for, for several weeks and yeah. in and out of the lineup. So, you know, he's done a great job at, at managing this and, you know, still got a, a, a uh, you know, good shot at, at making the playoffs. And 
sounds yeah. like there's a good chance that, uh, you know, some of these guys may be coming back to play, mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe get in at the end of the season or, the, you know, maybe this weekend or they may, may just be the first round of the playoffs. Right, right. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I hope to see – I hope to see some guys out there that, you know, maybe have struggled with teams that have struggled. You know, the, the Bucks are reeling right now. Jeez. I mean, just <laughs> the injuries and the craziness. But, you know, they are getting Mike Evans back. Uh, so, you know, hopefully that will help them. But they got a tough road. I think they're really, really struggling defensively as well. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I don't know. It's gonna to be tough to repeat. That's it's, for that's yeah, for sure. And, and it looks but they did it as a wild card team last year. Yeah, so, so it's uh, you know not out of the realm of pot. And I mean, you can never count Tom out right. when it comes to the playoffs. I mean, until sure. until the clock strikes, you know, midnight. You know, on that story, it's 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 his his game to lose. You know, I'm never betting against him until yeah. I know for certain that that somebody's got got the W. So, well, I mean, what do, what do you make of Dallas in this race? I, they, they've clinched that four four seed, mm -hmm. so they're going to either be playing L.A. or Arizona pretty much in that first round here. Right. I, I They just lost to Arizona. Looked terrible in the first half. Mm -hmm. they, they did come alive there in the second half, but they've been kind of real in the second half of the season. The, I, I, I would I say the offense. The yeah. offense is really, you know, the defense I think has been pretty solid throughout this kind of, you know, I would say struggle for, for Dallas. It's really been – the offense right. that has really just not put it together as far as, you know, putting up points on the board. Mm -hmm. And then this was a team that was coming in, you know, averaging almost 40 points a game. Right. And then these last, you know, probably four or five weeks here, they just really have not, you know, not shown that, that same, you know, kind of offense. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they, they've dealt with some injuries, you know, some guys in and out of the lineup and then they just lose, you know, their, 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 one of their star receivers and Michael Gallup, right. um, who kind of serves a, a critical role, maybe not, maybe the superstar, but, but yeah, again, that's a position they can afford a little bit of a loss right, at with, right. the, with their receiving core. But. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's just, yeah. One of those things that, yeah, they're going to have to figure it out and figure it out quick. I mean, right. it, there's no, Not there's no tomorrow. So it's, and, it's, but I don't think they figured it out this week. Cause I assume that they can't get a better spot. They can't get a worse spot. So I assume they rest all their starters mm -hmm. would be my assumption coming into this Right. Thing. So it's not, it's not, you know, one of those games that they can kind of experiment to right. figure out well, what is really going on here. But, yeah, absolutely. you know, and then they go. I guess my big question, you know, and maybe you guys read about it, is Derrick Henry going to be able to come back for the Titans? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, all the, all the reports are, you know, he practiced today for the team and they, you know, officially the Titans took him off the, you know, injured reserve list and he was able to practice today. Um, you know, and, and I don't know, I don't, I don't expect him to play in this, in this week's game. I mean, I, I don't know that you, I, I know the Titans are still fighting for that, that one spot. And, you know, see, I, I think this is the perfect time to bring him back. You yeah. don't want him knocking off Rust in the their first round playoff game. You want him knocking off Rust in a game that doesn't really matter. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess you could say if the Titans can win this game and they've been able to manage even without him on the, on the field, obviously he's a very big piece of, of their offense, but they've, they've done a heck of a job managing it they really with, without him. Um, so if they can manage to win the game, you know, this, this week, um, without him and they're the one seed that gives them another week to get healthy, you know, and I, I, I don't disagree with you, Matt, that, you know, you don't want his first game back to be in a, a playoff game type situation, but at the same time, do you want to throw him out there in a game that <coughs> means something, but doesn't mean as much as, you know, the playoffs. And then it risks 
another injury, right. you know. And so I think no, I, I think as long, he's got to be healthy. Yeah. But if he's practicing, I assume he is, or he sh- he really shouldn't even be out there doing that. At this right. Point, Absolutely. So. so I don't know. Well, you know, that, that's good that they are getting him back. I think, like I said, that that's a big part of their of their offense and going to mm-hmm. be a very key you know piece to them making a playoff run here. Um, and it, but. You know, hats off to Mike Vrabel and the Titans managing, yeah, you know, because they... yeah, that's who I, you know, I had the, the Titans coming out of the AFC in the Super Bowl back when we did those picks about three quarters of the way through the season. So mm-hmm. I think for me, um, they're going to have to get him back and he's going to have to be close to 100 percent for them to make that deep run in the playoff. Right. My other question is uh, Leonard Fournette for the Bucks. You know, we talked about their struggles recently on offense. Um I'm hearing that he may be able to be back for the first round of the playoffs as well. Mm-hmm. I think his is a hamstring. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think the Bucks are going to need him not only running, but, you know, the guy does it all. He catches out of the backfield, is also a good blocker. So mm-hmm. I think that's going to be key for the Bucks. Right. Yeah, yeah. Having that threat of the run really helps open up that passing game for right. Tom. So, right. I, yeah, it definitely would be a huge – Huge help for them. Yeah, I think back. I think it helps out their offense. Any too. other key guys you want to talk about? Yeah, um, no, I think um, you know, a, a big thing for me, you know, the bank, like I said, the, the kind of surprising Bengals there sitting at the at the three seed, but you know, kind of a, a a a big hit to them this week. You know, hopefully everything works out, but uh, you know, Joe Mixon, their you know kind of star running back for them, is, you know, is in the uh, you know the protocols, and hopefully you know having. Obviously, he's not going to play in week in week eighteen or you know whatnot. So we'll have almost two weeks to get get healthy or get out of the protocol. So I think he'll be okay. But you know, you never know. You just you don't right, know right. with with all this stuff going on. And then symptomatic, asymptomatic. I, yeah. I think you know for the for the Bengals at the same time. You know, you win that game against Kansas City, but at at what expense? I mean, at the end of the game, Joe Burrow takes a couple of big hits comes off the comes off the you know off the field limping yeah. and you're thinking oh no what, right. what what not again not this can't be happening now, yeah. um and, and thank you know he's not going to play this week um which i think is you know obviously smart. a smart move for for the Bengals and and whatnot and hopefully there's no you know they, they say there's no damage or there's no you know lingering issue with with his you know with his knee or anything like that and it was actually the knee that he was kind of favoring wasn't even the knee that that took all the damage last season so um, but yeah, I think, uh, you know, that, that, that was kind of scary for me, but, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully I, I like the Bengals to maybe make some noise in the, in the Good playoffs. Deal. They've yeah. been, a, you know, a big surprise yeah, in the regular season and they got, you know, a nice, you know, kind of dynamic, uh, kind of trio there with, with Burrow Mixon and, and Jamar chase, who's, you know, lighting the world on fire as a, as a rookie. So oh, yeah. Yeah, he's really proven a lot of people wrong that yep. gave the Bengals a ton of guff when they didn't take a lineman and they took him. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and I think that was on, uh, that was on Joe Burrow's insistence, you yeah. know, to the coaching staff. Yeah, uh, so we got, uh, so that kind of wraps up the NFL, I think for us. Um, we can uh, move on our last topic of the night. So the, the big game on Monday night, the college, championship you know you got you got kirby smart with georgia going up against nick saban at alabama um matt give me your thoughts on this game yeah i'm, I'm excited for the rematch from the, the sec championship just a few weeks ago i, I think it's uh I, I think it's going to end up being a very similar game though I, I i think georgia showed in that second half against michigan that their passing defense hasn't gotten any better than what they showed against alabama if, if they can't get pressure on the quarterback and slow that passing offense down, it's going to be the exact same result they had in that SEC championship because 
I mean, that they, they Alabama has has the ability to make big plays down the yeah, field. Quarterback has offense. a big arm. Yeah, fast receivers. I mean, it's it spells trouble for Georgia since they haven't been able to to really find find a a fix for that part of their defense. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You know, and Kirby Smart, you know, was a coach underneath Saban there. So you know, and we 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 all have heard that. Uh, you know, his past coaches don't have great records right. against against the Masters. So we'll see if Kirby can can pull this out. I think right now Georgia's favored by three points um, and the over-under is 52. Um, you know, I, I think that'll probably be pretty close. Colton, you want to give me your thoughts on this game? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think, yeah, uh, obviously this, I think this is the game that I don't know that everybody wanted. But, that ain't the one I wanted to see. Uh, I right. can tell you that. Uh, but, you know, I think it was, you know, for the common fan or maybe for the college football playoff committee. I do feel they're the two best teams. This in this is football. what, you know, this is what they were hoping for, you know, to see this this big rematch, you know, that, that we saw, you know, kind of the two Titans clashing in the SEC, you know, championship game. And Alabama got the best of, of that one, obviously. But pretty, pretty easily. Yeah. Too, and, really. and, you know, I, I will say, you know, you know, Matt saying, you know, the, the, the big plays were there for, for Alabama in that first game. But, you know, you also got to look at it, you know, Alabama's down one of their wide receivers in, in mm-hmm. John Mechie, who, you know, had a pretty big impact in mm-hmm. that in that game. Until, yeah, until he was injured. Until yeah, he got absolutely. injured in that SEC yep. championship game. So, you know, what? how does that, you know, how does that kind of affect the game plan for, for Alabama? Now, now you're limiting yourself to, you know, Jamison Williams. Uh, more or less doing a, a, a taking on a bigger role or, you know, trying to do more there. And I, I don't he's know. He's proved he's yeah, capable. But, but he's I proved mean, he's capable. If you, if you look at uh, the receiving core for Michigan, who who was able to do that the same thing in the second half, mm-hmm. that, that receiving core is not what, what the, oh, what yeah, the Alabama absolutely. receiving core is, even without Menchie. I, 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 I think they still have plenty of firepower there. Yeah, I, I think that the, the big thing is is going to be getting some pressure on, on Bryce Young and, and kind of making him, you know, a little bit uncomfortable back mm-hmm. there in the pocket. But, man, that, that kid is is good. I mean, he, he is. he's I, he's fantastic. I mean, Beyond his years. Yeah, I mean, I mean he, he does – he makes the right play at the, at the right time. Yeah. It, it, so, either, you guys want to do a pick on this game just to – you know, I know it's part of our – our pick them challenge, but uh, tell me who you think is going to win. Yeah, absolutely. I guess I'll, I'll start it off here. And, uh, you know, we talk about Tom Brady being, you know, the goat in the playoffs. And I think you got to talk about Nick Saban being the goat in college football and, and the goat when it comes to this college football playoffs. And, you know, I, I can't go against Saban. He's been, he's been phenomenal in these, in these playoffs and even better when he gets to the national championship game, I think, you know, it, it's one of those things that it's a, it's kind of in their head when it comes to Georgia. I mean, mm-hmm. they they clearly have had better teams than Alabama, right. but it's just one of those mental things that Saban has has planted. You know, his his you know planted his seed inside of Kirby Smart's in, inside of Kirby Smart's head, and I think that that Alabama continues to get the best of Georgia in this one and, and get the W. I think they, you know, a closer game than what we saw in the SEC championship. But, uh, you know, I think Alabama ultimately comes out on top. I, I agree on every point you made, Colton. I think uh, Alabama's living rent-free inside Georgia's head right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I got to give I gotta give the edge to to the master as much as I hate to, hate to admit it. I think Nick Saban's going to get another championship ring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really don't want to see it. And in my pick them for that very reason, <laughs> I picked Georgia. But my mind's telling me it. It, I, it's Alabama. I just, I, 
that Georgia's defense hasn't proven they can stop the pass and, mm. and Bama can throw the ball down the field. Well, don't, but I'll give you some advice. Don't go back and change your pick. I've changed <laughs> three of my picks so far because I did some additional reading. They give you the opportunity to update your picks, and I've lost all three yeah. of those games that yeah. I've changed. Yeah, so. I always like to just – Put something go, down. Go and, with and your heart. Go, go, you know, you know, so go right away. Well, I think that's about all we got for you tonight. One thing I'm going to leave you with that you can think about till next week, Terrell Owens making his comeback to the NFL. Oh, my. What What is that all about? Yeah, so, I, I hope not. I'll just let you stew on that. <laughs> yeah. So, Colton's going to sign us out here. Yeah, absolutely. Well, guys, we uh, you know appreciate you listening to Fired Up with your host, Colton Cal. Chief Rob Cal. Matt Cordes. Uh, you know, we hope you enjoyed our, our show this week. and. You know, if you want to hear other topics for, you know, future episodes or, you know, you just got a burning sports question that you want to hear, you know, want to hear us talk about here on the on the show. Uh, you know, a lot of lot of stuff going on here in the in the sports world. And, you know, we try to hit every topic, but we don't always hit every topic or, you know, catch every news story. So, you know, if you guys are listening out there, or, you know, want to want to hear something else, hit us up on our on our social media. We're, we're over on Instagram. You can find us at uh fired up underscore podcast or you can find us over on facebook at uh fired up comma sports podcast and you know hit us up there and, and send us you know send us some love so uh you know and and, and if you you want to want to hear our past episodes uh you can find us you know pretty much every place you can listen to a podcast you can you know you can listen to our old episodes and you know we'll even be able to listen to this this episode later tomorrow so um, and then we also have a website, uh, firedup1.podbean.com, which has all of our old episodes and just a little information about, about the show as well. So appreciate you guys listening. And as always, stay, stay fired, fired up. up.